0: Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. Well, we are carriers of the hope that Jesus Christ has put into our lives. I want to draw your attention to 2 Peter 1, verse 4. It's been a verse that we've been using for our entire series, Hope in the Dark. And it reads this way. God made great and marvelous promises so that His nature would become a part of us. Then we could escape our evil desires and the corrupt influences of this world. You know, in these unprecedented times, it's a good thing for all of us to grab hold of the marvelous promises or the precious promises of God. Maybe you know some promises already that are in God's Word. You could embrace those now and and look for new ones, brand new ones that maybe you've never, ever, ever been familiar with before. As we start today, I want to tell you that Proverbs 12, 25 really is uh, the driver behind my message today. And it says this, that anxiety weighs down the heart. Don't we know that? But a kind word cheers it up. Anxiety is a weight that presses us down, but a kind word is that which would cheer us up. I hope you'll hear my words today, but more than that, I hope we'll all listen to the words of Jesus Christ. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 6 in just a moment. Matthew chapter 6, if you have a Bible you'll want to open there or a Bible app, of course the words will be on your screen as well. In Matthew 6, Jesus is after us. He really is. And his words are really poignant for this time. You see, we already have enough anxious people in our world. And then when you add a pandemic, a worldwide spread of a new disease, along with all kinds of new anxieties, questions like, what does this mean to our economy? As one person shared recently, there goes my retirement fund. What does it mean for our school? Hey, one student told me, I don't have to go to school. He was all excited. Another kid said, I don't have to ride the bus anymore. Someone else said, no cafeteria food. And one mom emailed me and said, hey, all this school stuff, I'm a homeschool mom. Nothing new for me. But for many, it's a new reality. It's a new normal. And some of you are saying, hey, I'm working from home. I can sit in my slippers and my PJs. For some of you, you worked at home before. For others of you, it's a brand new experience. And the last thing you need from me is any toilet paper jokes. But I can tell you that you can get weighed down easy. That's what Solomon said in Proverbs. Anxiety will weigh you down. But as we go to Matthew chapter six, I want to read to you the words of Jesus. I know there's different versions out there, but catch these today. Therefore, I tell you, Do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And then Jesus tells us to to, to pause for a moment, like take a deep breath and look at the lessons that we gain from the birds. Later he'll say, learn from the lessons of the lilies of the field or the flowers we see after the rainfall on the central coast. And he says, look at the birds of the air. They they neither sow nor reap nor gather in the barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And which of you being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about your clothing? And then he says, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil, which is to work hard, Nor do they spin. I love that version where it says they don't spin. In other words, uh, there's enough spin out there (laughs) to last us a lifetime. And here's the other thing they don't get spun up by life. They're constantly relying on the nutrients for the soil and the rain from above to take good care of them and the sunshine to allow them to grow. And the Bible says that Jesus went on to say, Solomon. In all his glory, as a king, in his robes and all his vestments, wasn't adorned or arrayed like any of these. But if God so cares about the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, therefore do not be anxious, saying, What are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. And then wherever you are, would you read out loud the rest of this verse with me? But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Seek His kingdom first. Three times in verse 25 and in verse 31 and in verse 34, Jesus says, don't be anxious. Don't worry. Don't be filled with anxiety. Now, the word of anxiety here has nothing to do with those that are clinically depressed or those that have clinical anxiety or those that are concerned. The apostle Paul was concerned about the churches that he was overseeing. He was anxious for them. That's a positive anxiety. Or maybe there's someone on your street that's elderly and you're concerned about them, maybe a little anxious. That's okay. But he's talking about an undue anxiety, an anxiety that actually rises up and causes you not to see God in all of his faithfulness. The word anxiety could be defined this way. It's carrying concerns in this world in such a way that you lose perspective on life and lack trust in God. As we look at the situation and circumstances around our world, one of the biggest ones is this word, uncertainty. What are we certain of? Well, we're certain we need to listen to the CDC and the county health department, and we need to surrender to what we're being told Our best practices. That's why we're not meeting in our sanctuary today. But what I need you to know is, above all of that is another priority. Not that we wouldn't listen to best practices and great advice, but there's another priority in our life that we wouldn't look at the situation and circumstances with such a concern that we lose proper perspective and then we lack trust in God. Dear ones, don't lose your trust in God. And remember, we say this all the time around here. It's not all about this, and it's not all about now. God is going to see us through all of this, and he's going to see us through it together as we put our trust in him. So Jesus says, in a world that's filled with so much anxiety that weighs us down, there are some things we can look at, and these points today, I believe, will help you to be lifted up and to have hope even in the dark. Number one... Your life is about more than anything this world offers you. Verse 25. He mentions food, drink, clothes in this passage, and all of those are pretty basic necessities. But if you're going to worry about anything, these seem to be like on the top of the list right now. All these basic necessities. But here's what Jesus says to us. Let me paraphrase. Your life is more than COVID-19. Your life is more than the CDC. Your life is more than finances. Your life is more than, yep, it's more than whatever you're worried about today. Our lives are more than that. Why? Because Jesus provides us more than what this world can offer you. Your life is more than what you eat or what you drink or what you wear, anything else in this world. Your life is more than what people think about you. Your life is more than, well, you fill in the blank. The second thing is, your life is about trusting God, the God who eternally values you. He says, look at the birds of the air. Yeah, I went outside this morning and I looked at the birds of the air. You know what I found out? They were flying around. They were chirping and singing. They weren't concerned about headline news. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't be concerned about headline news, but there's a lesson from the birds. They're trusting God with all that they have they're believing in the lord maybe the antidote to anxiety is bird watching i don't know but jesus mentioned that we would actually look at the birds and get a lesson from them number 3 let's avoid anxiety why because it's totally unhelpful for years doctors have been telling us that anxiety can actually cause additional health problems and worry and stress In verse 27, Jesus says, which of you being anxious can add a single hour to their lifespan? Actually, they've told us that worry can shorten your life. Worrying never makes things better. Come on. It never makes things better. It only makes things worse. It's completely counterproductive. Life is challenging enough without you worrying about it. Fear. (laughs) Fear breeds more fear. Fear clouds our judgment. Fear redirects our energy to a place we shouldn't even go. And anxiety is a huge drain on our soul and on our mind. I'm going to give you a passage of Scripture, Philippians chapter 4. I encourage you to read it because Paul will tell you there, don't be anxious about anything. But with prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of Christ that passes all understanding, will rule your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. That's my prayer for you. Number four, avoid anxiety because it's for unbelievers. Now, I'm praying in this season that many people who've yet to believe in Jesus will believe in him now. I'm actually going to give you opportunity at the end of this message to consider that for your own life. But Jesus said in verse 31 that the Gentiles, and he's talking about them as unbelievers. They were known as those who didn't know God, who didn't follow Christ, not of the faith. They seek after these things first, but Jesus said, you seek the kingdom of God first and foremost in your life. Maybe we could say it this way, that anxiety is a sign of unbelief in God, not of belief in God. And number five, God, your heavenly Father, knows all that you need. Did you know right now that, that God is, is, is able to make a list of everything that you need? I'm thinking of Tracy and Joe and Bill and Ray and Debbie and Amanda and Lisa and Jacqueline and Joseph and Peyton and Sherry and Stephen and Missy and Candace and Savannah and Jacqueline and Jackie and I'm thinking of Jack, all kinds of derivatives there, and Robert and Tim and Joe and Michelle and Tricia. Listen, if I didn't mention your name, don't be offended. But these are people that actually attend LFC. And here's why I mentioned their name. God knows every one of their needs just like he knows your needs. There's not one person on this planet that God doesn't hear their voice, that God can't feel their concerns. That God can't know their needs before they even begin to ask. And that includes you, dear ones. He knows everything that you're struggling with. He knows everything that you're facing. And in verse 32, Jesus said, Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. It's a promise we can cling to, a precious promise. Number six, I really love this one. That God, your heavenly Father, will supply all that you need. See, if God just knew what you needed and said, I can keep a record of all of your concerns and all of your needs, but wasn't able to supply, I don't know if I would trust him. But here's what we know, that God can supply all of our needs according to his riches in glory. Someone was telling me that they were on Amazon the other day and they were trying to buy Clorox wipes and hand sanitizer. And Amazon said, at that particular moment, we're out of supply. I mean, Amazon with the smiley face, and we can deliver it to you. And Amazon Prime, they were unable to be Prime. They couldn't do it. But see, God is not only aware of your needs, He doesn't have an inventory shortage. And what's the greatest need we have? Let's be honest. It's the need of our soul to feel peace. It's the need of our mind to be able to think, comforting thoughts. As as Romans 12 says, we're being renewed in our mind. And Jesus went on to say in verse 33, if you seek God's kingdom, he's able to add all these things to you. How's that for a promise? That God, the one who possesses everything, will provide us with all that we need. At every moment for all eternity, your heavenly Father will always supply all you need. I I get pumped up by that thought, that my God is able to do great things, even more than I could imagine or think, and to supply me and to supply you with all that we would need. And number seven, God guarantees you mercy. Let me say it, you mercy, mercy, today for trouble today and mercy tomorrow, for trouble tomorrow. See, in verse 34, Jesus said, Don't you dare be anxious about tomorrow. Why? For tomorrow will be anxious, or tomorrow will worry for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Now, the Bible tells us, and we know that Jesus knew this, that the mercy of God is new and fresh every morning. Great is His mercy. Faithfulness. I'm going to encourage you to grab a journal if you haven't already done so and start writing down what God shows you through this season. And one of those things, here's my homework assignment for you. Yep, it's homework, all right. Write down all the things that God has done in the past where He's been faithful. You didn't think you'd graduate, and God helped you. You didn't think you'd ever get that job and God provided. You never thought you'd be able to have the house that you live in or or the shelter that you live in. You never thought God would even help you pass your driver's test, and he did. Think of all the areas in your life where God has been faithful, and you know what that will do as you look at that list? It will cause you to, well, raise your hands and raise your heart and say, God, thank you for who you've always been and who you'll continue to be for me. Great is your faithfulness. But there's one word in there, mercy. You see, when Jesus Christ went to the cross, he's on the cross for us. And you know why he's there? To give us mercy. We didn't deserve his grace. We didn't deserve his mercy, but he gave it to us through his own death, burial, and resurrection. When Christ is on the cross and he's dying, he's saying, Father, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. He was even showing mercy to those around him, gambling for his garments. He was showing mercy to the thieves on either side of him on the cross. And no doubt, those who were crucifying him, Jesus was trying to show mercy and love to them as well. Father, forgive them. A dear person in our church emailed me and said, my biggest struggle right now is uncertainty of the future. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Can I tell you what's going to happen tomorrow? Let me tell you, God's mercy is going to greet you when you wake up. His mercy is there for you. His faithfulness is there for you. That's why Jesus is saying, you cling to me and you seek God's kingdom first, and then everything that you would ever need will be added to you. I want to declare this over your life, over our church, over your family and friends. That mercy is coming to your life. Will you open up to it? Mercy is coming to your life. God is more concerned about what's going on in our world than anyone else. God is more concerned what you're facing and feeling right now than anyone else, even yourself. His mercy and His love and His compassion and His grace. I can go on and on about the great things that God is doing for us, but tomorrow's mercy from God will be sufficient for tomorrow's trouble in the world. Tomorrow's mercy from God coming to you will be sufficient for tomorrow's trouble in the world. I want to encourage you, if you've not given your life to Christ, that you would do so now. I can't think of a better time for you to say, Jesus, here I am, take my life. I have a friend that uh, lives in Lompoc. He doesn't go to any church. He told me one time, hey, man, when I hit rock bottom, that's going to be my day to give my life to Christ. Until then, I'm in control. Well, I'm going to send him a text this afternoon and tell him, hey, buddy, the time is now. Give up your control and put your life in the hands of God. Why? Because I want God's mercy to come to that man, just like I want his mercy to come to you. I want God's grace to fill you and your family, just like I want grace to come to that man. And I know that God is able to touch him just like he can touch you right where you are. So allow me to pray for you. And here's my prayer, that you will know that Christ died for you, that he rose again from the dead for you, and he's sending his Holy Spirit to you as you believe in faith of what Christ did on the cross. Romans 10, 9, and 10 says, if we believe in our heart and confess with our lips the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved. Saved from what? Well, saved from eternal damnation and given a place in heaven. Saved from what? Saved from ourselves. Yep. So the mercy of God can come and forgive us of all of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So Lord, right now, we're giving you our lives. Jesus, we give you our lives. And I would pray that we would trust in your words. We would trust in the cross. You died for each one of us. And you died to give us new life, life more abundant. You died to make us new creatures, new creation. So fill us, God. Fill our families. Help us to trust in you and your mercy, to seek your kingdom first, and to give you our lives and to believe in you. Remove our fear and our anxiety as we lean upon you. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray and say amen, would you? Amen. Amen. Hey, every week as we've been in this series, we've been closing it with this great proclamation. And wherever you are, would you read it out loud with me? Here we go. We are building our lives on the promises of God. Because his word is unbreakable, our hope is unshakable. We do not stand on the problems of life or the pain in life. We stand on the great and precious promises of God. We stand on the great and precious promises of God. Before I close out in the final prayer, my dear friend Tommy Walker wrote an amazing song right after 9-11 and the tragedies that happened in our country. And the song is called Heal Our Land. It's taken from 2 Chronicles 7-14. And for those of you that are regulars to LFC... You're going to recognize Tommy and Eileen Walker, his daughter, and our friend on percussion, Brian Taylor. They've got a couple other guests as well. This song says, Heal Our Land, Let's Make It Our Prayer. Take a look at this. Oh, Thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, as you've already heard <laughs> numerous times, stay connected with us through our Facebook page and through mylfc.com. We're updating things there all the time. We're sending out some emails as well. So if we don't have that email address, you can email us at office at lawpog4square.com. If you have an immediate need, you can call us at 805 805- We'll do our best to respond to you in a timely manner. But in the meantime, know that we love you, that we're praying for you, and that we're here for you. May God richly bless you and richly bless our America and around the world. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.